0: Brought to you the week of November 6, 2010, this is Podcast Starter, Episode 3. Hi, I'm James Kennison, and you're listening to Podcast Starter, helping you start, shape, up, and share your own hobby podcast. Welcome back. This is Episode 3. Today, we're going to be talking about recording and producing your very first podcast, and how that goes. Um, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a blast. I love podcasting. I hope you do too. I hope you'll go back and listen to the first two episodes of Podcast Starter because this kind of builds on the things that we've talked about before. Six tips for starting your show and then a whole bunch of stuff to do before you get started picking your name, your URL, uh, deciding if you're going to use WordPress, what plugins, getting some show art and all that kind of stuff. Now we're moving into the actual production or recording of your very first show. Before we get into our main topic, I'd just like to tell you a little bit about our sponsors. Uh, this show is brought to you in part by DrawYouAPicture.com, which is a it's my own art company. I can draw you a uh, great podcast cover art or logo for pretty darn cheap, starting as low as 65 bucks. Check it out today. See what I've done for others and see what I can do for you at DrawYouAPicture.com. You can also save uh, a lot of money on your next domain name at GoDaddy.com if you'll use the code PODNAME121. That's just a favor from me to you, and it also helps out this show and and saves you money. So it's a win-win for both of us. I also like to tell you about Bluehost.com. That's where I host my websites, many of them under one roof, and it's a great place. I used to use GoDaddy. I use Bluehost. It is suggested not just by me, but people like uh, Cliff Ravenscraft over at gspn.tv. And so check that out. Use the link right there on my website at podcaststarter.com, and it will help me out quite a bit. And then lastly, I also use Libsyn for my media hosting. For as low as $5 a month, you can get unlimited bandwidth, which is the important thing, and host your show on the uh, service that every podcast you probably listen to uses, Libsyn. Dot com click on the logo the uh, on the sidebar at podcaststarter.com to help out your favorite podcasting show. All right thank you so much for sitting through that. Now we're gonna get right into our topic of recording and producing your first show. Oh I'm gonna I, what brought this to mind is I've got a buddy named John Steinclaver. he helps me on a couple of podcasts I do one's called chop it's chopcast.com It is an ax cop podcast which is a, uh, a webcomic that we love, and we talk about it every week with the actual artist, uh, Ethan Nicole. Another show he does with me is Brokia at Brokia.com, a general geek and uh, fun stuff podcast where we just talk about movies and games and things. And uh, I've told him for a while he needs to get his own um, audio voiceover business off the ground. He needs to start doing this. And so he registered jsteinclober.com. We got him some hosting set up at Bluehost. He's got his website going and he's got his first gig and he's really struggling because he doesn't, as much as he's done podcasting, he's never been on the production side of it. He's never recorded his own show. He's never put it out. He's never had to deal with compression ratios and signal to noise ratios and all the different things that mean absolutely nothing to most of us, including me. One thing that he did mention, and I actually had to call him and and we had to talk through it, was something he was hearing on his recording when he was recording. And that was called line noise. He was hearing a hiss. And I asked him, I said, is it the fan in your room? No, no, no. When you mute your microphone, uh, can you still hear it? Yeah, but it's not as bad. And what he was describing was line noise. And line noise is something that occurs in just about every recording system possible. The best thing you can do is minimize it and get a great microphone like the Hale PR-40. But um, in place of that, the, the best thing you can do is minimize the amount of noise coming in. Line noise happens uh, because of the just the electricity. Uh, sound cards on, on computers make a certain amount of noise. Um, I've found the best way to try to reduce it is to actually use a handheld recorder and to record into it, uh, using the line in or holding it directly. But even then what's not line noise is just going to be the sound of your room. There's a certain amount of humming or hissing going on in the air. If you're absolutely quiet in your room, you're still going to hear just a uh, type of sound, just a little bit of a of a hiss coming through your sound system microphones also sometimes produce a little bit of line noise Uh, it's just the sound of electricity moving through wires um the uh, at minimum the best thing you can do is to get the most amount of sound out of your voice or out of the music that you're piping in um and get it as 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 louder that's not even the right way to say it as loud as you can without clipping Clipping being going over zero dB and to the point where it sounds like. Uh, you, you, if I was holding up my fingers, imagine this you're holding up your fingers, you're looking at a waveform on your computer. If your hiss was just this little tiny space between your fingers, you don't want the recorded sound to be just a tiny bit above that. You want your recorded sound to be a lot bigger on your waveform. If you're, if a waveform, if you don't know, is when you open up your recorded file. And you see that squiggly line going up and down. Um, and even when it's supposed to be quiet, you see that squiggly line just moving a little bit. That's your line noise. You want your recorded voice to be a lot louder than that because that's called, uh, it's called signal-to-noise ratio. You want that to be super big so that when you, when you bring up your, your spoken word sounds, it doesn't bring up that hiss as loud. Okay, so that's the first thing you want to do. Second thing you want to do is make sure follow your noise all the way from the microphone to the computer. Eliminate anything one at a time. Like take your microphone off the off the uh, the cable. Is it still making the noise? Um, You know, replace your cable. Is it still making the noise? Uh, Mute. Your sound, um, your microphone, is it still making the noise, yes or no? And that way, in doing that, following it all the way from the microphone to the computer or to your handheld device or however you're recording, you can sit there and eliminate what's making the noise. Recently, I had to replace my mixer board because I actually played with it for a while, and then I had this wild idea. I unplugged every single thing out of my mixer except for my headphones, nothing going into it all everything muted. And when I unmuted that channel, it was buzzing. The channel was bad. The next channel was bad. All of the channels, it might've got hit by lightning. I don't know. It might've had a power surge of some kind, but for some reason, my entire board started humming. I had to replace it completely. It was, it was just, it was irreversible. Um, and now I've got a brand new one. It's working great. Everything's awesome. So you never know. Uh, another thing you can do is I mentioned in the last show is minimize the amount of noise going on. If there's a ceiling fan going on above you and your microphone is so sensitive it's picking that up, or if you're using a computer mic or a handheld mic or you're recording into your iPod, turn all that stuff off. Turn off the microwave. I mean not microwave the dishwasher. Make sure you're not sitting outside of a big heavy uh, con- 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 your air conditioner condenser outside your window. Uh, you know minimizing the the sounds in your room, including your own computer hard drive. The fans in there will help quite a bit. Also getting a great microphone. Now, not everybody can go out and spend $500 on a microphone. I finally was able to, I got a Heal PR40 from Cliff Ravenscraft over at gspn.tv. If you buy from him, make sure you mention me. It ain't going to help me at all, but I would love to get in good with that guy. So, <laughs> but um, uh, it's a great mic because it eliminates all of the noise. I'm going to tell you a little bit right now, I'm talking directly into it, but listen. I'm going to turn my head just a little bit to the side. See the difference? You can't even hardly hear me. I've I've turned maybe three inches, and all of a sudden, uh, I'm back, and you can hear my voice again. If I back up way over here, you can hardly hear me at all, and I'm about a foot, two feet away. Why is that something I want? Because if it can't pick me up, uh, or if it doesn't pick me up that far away. It's not going to pick up the guys walking by on the street. It's not going to pick up the cars going by. It's not going to pick the airplane up that's driving, flying over my head. I don't have money for a huge stereo. I mean, I'm sorry, studio, and neither do you. So, um, if you're going to put money into anything, put it in your microphone, I'm telling you, and your mixer board. Okay. Um, the next thing you can do to eliminate that line noise, um, if it's a problem for you, is uh, volume versus gain. If you use a mixer board, and you don't, not all of us do. Typically, most mixers have two uh, volume switches. One's called gain. It's usually at the top of of, uh, your EQ. And then one's down at the bottom, and that's just your volume switch. It's either going to be a knob or it can be a slider. Okay, I used to have ones with knobs. Here's what I was told is the best way to get the best signal-to-noise ratio. Your gain, think of it as the sensitivity of your microphone. Okay. It is like volume. You can turn it up and you'll get more sound out of it. But imagine that instead of volume, it's how much sound the microphone is actually able to pick up from your room. So as you're turning up the gain, imagine uh, when you turn it down, a circle, a bubble around your microphone shrinking. And then as you turn your gain up, the bubble expands and expands and expands and even could expand outside of your house out into the street. Okay. So there you go. It's, it's the sensitivity of your mic. And then your slider at the bottom is the actual volume of that. So what they told me to do is you turn up your slider to unity. Okay. That's either going to be zero, um, on a slider, it's going to look like a U, um, on a, on a, on another one, it's going to look like, uh, about halfway up, three quarters of the way up. So whatever is at zero on your, um, not all the way down zero. I'm talking about, uh, you know, whatever, is, it's just the way they measure it. I don't know. And then you turn your um, gain all the way down, and then you slowly turn your gain up until you get the the signal, the noise that you want coming out of your microphone until you're as loud as you want to be. And that's going to be somewhere between negative 12 and negative 9 dB. That's your goal for your voice, your signal-to-noise ratio. You want your voice somewhere uh, recording on your hard drive or whatever, somewhere between negative, uh, 12 and negative nine DB. That's my goal. Anyway, that's what I shoot for. If that, if you don't understand that, we'll get more into that later. But, um, that way you can amplify your voice just a little bit and it does, and it keeps a big gap between that hiss sound and your voice. If your voice is almost just a tiny bit louder than the the hiss, when you, when you normalize that junk, It's going to normalize and bring up the sound of that hiss too. So, taking your sensitivity as low as you can uh, is going to help quite a bit. Okay. Um, Now, the next thing you want to think about is volume between your two hosts. If you have two people talking, you have two different microphones, or even if you have two of the same, different hosts talk at different levels. And you want to be able to control that, hopefully. Now, if you're, if you're, if you can and you're getting your, you know, people podcast all different kind of ways. Sometimes we share microphones or whatever. Then you're just going to have to monitor it a different way. Preferably you want two microphones so that you can, uh, you know, turn them up and down as you need to, uh, even live throughout the show. But if you're sharing a microphone, the best thing you can do is if you got a t- loud talker, have him set back a little bit further from the microphone. Or if you can't, then use something called Levelator. L-E-V-E-L-A-T-O-R. It is a free piece of software. And what you can do is you download this thing. It pops up a window. You drag your save file onto it. And it is exactly what it does. It takes a, a quiet talker and a loud talker and it makes them sound exactly the same. It's awesome. It'll work if you're interviewing a kid. And the kid's whispering. Psh. Now, you know, obviously if they're whispering, it brings up the background noises too. And it doesn't sound great, but at least you can hear what they're saying. So if you got a loud talker and a quiet talker, both talking to the same mic, run it through Levelator. You will be amazed at what that sucker does. Levelator, I'll have a link in the show notes. Um, clipping is something else you want to be thinking about. Um, clipping is when, uh, when you're recording and the waveform goes above... Uh, negative zero db okay uh, decibels you if you've ever played uh, electric guitar and without distortion and you turn up the gain and you turn up the volume on your little mixer or your amp and you play and it sounds distorted that is what that is it's pushing beyond the levels of what a speaker can do i don't understand all the details so I can't explain it all but i'll just tell you if you clip it's going to sound like crap. It it crunches. It goes. Now I can't clip. I've got, um, over the last three years, I've been able to get some software and some things, and, uh, I don't hardly ever clip because it compresses it in real time. It it looks ahead. If it sees the the waveform is going to get too loud, it brings it down. I have uh, something called compression and blah, 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 blah. So thank God. And I have a great microphone, but, but back in the day, clipping was a big deal. And again, you want to try to keep your incoming sound between negative 12 and negative 9 dB. And the way you can do that is if you're recording, you want to watch um, your recording meter. Now, I've got a handheld, so I can see as I'm talking, this little um, volume meter goes. And and when it peaks, it leaves a little uh, a little marker and lets me know where the high points of my sound are going. And I don't want them to go above negative 9. Negative 9 being louder than negative 12. Uh, but I don't want my average to go lower than negative twelve. No, if you're using Audacity or, or uh, uh, Audition to record on your computer, it's going to have the same thing. It's going to have this little wave for, or a uh, uh, meter that goes back and forth, and it'll tell you if you get in the red, then you need to turn down your volume, or you need to quieten your voice, or you need to back away. Because if you don't have a compressor, which basically brings down your lows and brings up your highs, I'm sorry, brings down your highs and brings up your lows then you're going to have to do it with your microphone. Have you ever been in church or somewhere and you've heard somebody singing and they pull the mic away from their mouth when they start singing really loud? That's because they don't have compression. They're doing it manually and they're pulling that microphone away when they need to talk. Okay? So be mindful of clipping. You want to keep it to a minimum. You don't want it to happen at all, really. Because uh, even if you lower that volume on those clip parts, it's still going to sound crunchy. And it's going to sound like crap. Okay? Now, uh, what do you do? What's what I, maybe you've heard the phrase live to hard drive. Um, people ask me all the time, how do you get music into your sound, in your recordings? How do you do that? And so if you're doing your first show, you're going to want to do, you know, uh, sound effects, maybe uh, a song at the beginning, um, whatever. And at the end bumpers or, or intros and outros, um, it's up to you how you want to do it. If you, if you do it live to hard drive, you're going to have less post-production work to do, meaning you're going to have to, you're, if you don't do that, you're going to have to put them in after the fact. If you do them live, uh, it's a lot more trouble initially, but you save time in the long run. Um, like my, my intro, I have a computer that I use that plays the music and it runs into my sound system, my, my mixer, and then goes to my handheld recorder. Um, And so I'm able to use a piece of software called Pod Producer, and it allows me to click a button and play a sound. So I can do that right now. And I can turn it off whenever I want. And that helps me because I don't have to go in later and pull it into a multi-track editor and drag and drop all my files and get them all set up in there. Now, I do have one show that you might want to check out called Podcast Kid. Dot com. Uh, it's a show I do with my daughter and because it is my daughter, I cannot do it live to hard drive as much as I'd want. I can get my intro in, but I don't know how long the segments are going to go. And I do a lot of editing on it because it's a show for kids. And, um, sometimes she, she talks too much <laughs> and we don't get where we're supposed to go. Um, so I mix those later and it's, it takes a while. It's probably my least favorite show to produce because of that, all the rest of them, man. If I know something's coming up, I can hit a button, switch it right up. Chopcast uh, is is a great example of that because there's segments that we use. and um, push a button, play the sound. But you're gonna need a second computer unless you're using an external um, or a handheld recorder. You're gonna need a, a way to play those sounds. You can do them with an iPod. Plug your iPod into your computer in the in the microphone input or into a mixer and play those sounds. Um, but when I first started, I had to do everything manually. I would pretend like I heard the sound at the beginning, and uh, I'd drop them in later on. And I would have to go and search and hunt for my segments. Oh, there's a segment. I'll add 10 seconds of silence, throw in my, uh, my stuff. I don't know. If, if, uh, if you listen to one of my first shows, I said, keep it simple. Keep what you do simple and fun. And the way to go is live to hard drive. Just telling you that. Figure out a way. To get your sound piped directly in, you're going to need a mixer. Um, you can get a mixer for 40 bucks, man. It ain't like you got to spend a bunch of money and get it to where you can sit there and say, Hey, welcome to Podcast Starter. Hey. Okay, so you get the point right there. And this one even has a fade out. But Pod Producer will be uh, linked in the show notes. Let me write that up. Pod Producer. How to play sounds live? I think I just covered that. So um, everything everything is done right there on the computer, and uh, it, you know the the problem that you're going to have is if you only have one computer, you cannot typically unless you got a Mac, and you, you it's way beyond my ability to sit there and reroute all all the sound card settings. It's very difficult to play sounds and record them on the same computer at the same time. Okay. It's not impossible, but it's difficult, especially when you're talking about bringing in a microphone. Usually, computers only want to record from one source. It's going to be uh, from the sound card or it's going to be from your mic input. It's very, very difficult to do it from both. So it's, you're going to have to bring that sound out of the computer, mix it in with a mixer, uh, and then pipe it into another source. Because um, I don't even know if you could pipe it right back down into the same computer. That's just not something I've ever been able to accomplish. I've always had to have a laptop and a, and a desktop, uh, or something like that. Um, uh, let me tell you this. When you save, when you're recording, try to save to a wave WAV format. If, especially if you're a PC, uh, you don't want to try to save to MP3. Why? Because it's, it's encoding your file. It is stripping out the way MP3 save space is they rec- they take out everything that you wouldn't be able to hear. uh, that the untrained ear can't hear. And it keeps basically like the crust, the surface of your sound. And so when you pull that into an editor and then you re-encode it, you're getting the equivalent of a second generation recording. Think about the old tape deck days when you'd record something and then make a copy. Imagine making a copy of that copy and a copy of that copy. It's going to degrade and degrade and degrade. And so um, try to save as a WAV file or an uncompressed file of any kind edit it in wave format save it as an mp3 or encode it um, or com- yeah encode it as an mp3 um and that leads us to editing. You can edit in Audacity, which is free. We'll have a link in the show notes to that. It is a free bit of software. I don't have a lot of experience with Audacity, but there is a huge community out there that can help you. And there is a friend of mine. His name is uh, Daniel. And he has a show called The Audacity to Podcast. And you, you'd be doing a great thing to go and check that out. He is, uh, at least he says he is a an Audacity expert. And I wouldn't doubt it if that's what he's using. And he's been podcasting for a while now, then he is going to be an expert at it. Uh, Just like, I guess I could say I'm an expert at audition, at least in the world of podcasting, because that's what I use. Um, And what I do basically is when I pull my, because I I do live to hard drive, I pull in that audio file. It's between negative six and negative 12. I just run a hard limiter on it. It's a setting that basically brings everything down to negative 12. And then I normalize it up to negative one which is as loud as it can go without clipping. And if I need to, uh, I've got one good mic and one bad mic. Um, I'll do a little bit of sound removal where I'll, 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 I'll take that hiss and I'll select it. Um, it, uh, audacity, I don't know if audacity does this, but audition has a way for you to sample that noise and then it'll pick it out of all of your audio. And, uh, as long as your signal to noise ratio is great, is good. Uh, it, it won't degrade your voice quality. But uh, I'll do that if I need to, and then I'm going to save that to MP3. Okay, I can. I don't know if Audacity will save as, but just like with any file, like Word or whatever, and you can save it to PDF or export it, you can in Audition you can save as wave or you can save as MP3. And that's what I do. I go in, I have my settings set up and we'll get into all the details about how to, you know, what formats best for MP3s and all that kind of stuff. There's lots of other shows that deal with that, but, um, I'm, I'm save it as MP3. I used to use the WinLame lame encoder and it is free. You can go and Google WinLame. lame. I don't suggest it. Um, because it seemed like it had a lot, thick it, it, it just seemed to really degrade my sound quite a bit. Um, I don't know that I have a favorite encoder other than the one that came into uh, with Audition. But if Audacity has one, I'm sure it's great. Um, but you're going to save that as an MP3 file. Once you have your MP3 file, you're going to need an ID3 tag editor. What else in the world are you talking about, James? ID3 tags is like when you pull up a podcast in iTunes and it has the title and the episode number and some image art and some show notes. That's because it has an ID3 tag embedded in the MP3. iTunes or your MP3 player can pull that information up and tell you a little bit about the sound. You need to create that. And the way to do that is uh, you can actually open your MP3 file in iTunes. Right-click and hit uh, properties or show properties or whatever, and you can type that stuff in there and edit the ID3 tag right there. It's free. You've got it already probably on your hard drive. You can do that. Um, It'll even change the file name if you set it to do that. Or you can use what I use, and that's MP3 tag. Okay? That's the name of it. I'll link it in the show notes. I better type that up too. Link. Link. But you can set your title, author, year, episode number, show name, album art, and then save it. And it'll even uh, change your file name to reflect your uh, your show's name and uh, the show number, the episode number. Um, so there you go. That's how you do that. You'll, you'll drag and drop your artwork in and all that stuff we talked about. Artwork on the last one, a 600 by 672 DPI, full color image. Uh, that that reflects your show and can and, and is legible at 72 pixels by 72 pixels. Um, the last bit of advice I'll tell you after you've got your your MP3, you've encoded it, you've you've saved your ID3 tags, um, you're going to want to pick a file name standard. Okay, I don't really care what it is. Um, I I have a standard where mine is one then an uh, an an underscore, uh, then the show's name, and an underscore. And then uh, I think it's the, ah can't even remember because I have it set up to do it automatically with MP3 tag, which is a great little piece of software. It, it just changes the file name for me, but um, no matter what you name your, I've seen people that just, they have the longest file names in the world. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's short or long. I would just suggest that you always keep it the same. And I would also I would also encourage you to start with a number. That way when people some people don't use iTunes and it doesn't keep track of the order. Some people are using these old MP3 players when they drag three or four of your files over, you want them to be able to hear them in order. And sometimes the only way these guys will 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 organize it is by alphabetical or numerical. So my shows are going to start with 01, 02, 03, and then whatever the you know the title of the show is or the episode. And then, uh, and then .mp3. So there you go. We've we've gone through a very basic overview of how to record and produce your first show. You you want to get your equipment set up. You want the line noise to be at a minimum. You want to check your volume versus your gain. You want to make sure your volume between hosts is good. You want to make sure you're not clipping. Uh, you're going to use levelator if you need to. If you're only sharing one microphone or if your levels are off between two people. Um, Uh, live to hard drive or post production. It's up to you. I suggest live to hard drive. It does take a little bit more money and it takes time. Uh, but man, I'm telling you what, it's the difference between four hours of nitpicking out, uh, and finding and, and relocating things versus being able to, uh, finish, update and upload your show in 30 minutes after you're done. Uh, 15 minutes if you're fast. Pod producer is a great little, um, uh, way to, to play sound effects in real time. Um, you can play sounds live and load voicemails and all kinds of stuff. Um, you want to make sure to record as a wave, edit it in wave fo- format, and then save it as MP3 or encode it using WinLame or any other MP3 uh, device uh, or encoder. Uh, you want to make sure you set your ID3 tags using um, iTunes or MP3 tag or whatever the Apple equivalent is. And then uh, so pick a file name standard and stick to it. Next week, we're going to be talking about how to get your podcast online. That seems to be a big question people have when they're first starting out is, you know, I've got my MP3 file here, but how in the world do I upload it to iTunes? I've actually had that question. Uh, How do you upload something to iTunes? Well, I'll give you a little peek here real quick. Uh, You don't actually upload anything to iTunes at all. Okay, so um, we do have a special thing that's going to be going on. I'm going to read some emails real quick, but I want to tell you uh, a fellow named the professor, also known as Chris Renshaw, has recorded a very special segment for the show called Gapple Berry. And he's um, really focusing a little bit on people that podcast with portable devices like iPods and and things like that. So uh, be looking forward to that after um, the show's over. Okay. You'll hear the outro and then it'll hit there. So don't turn it off until you've heard that. Um, this is from Zach. He says, Hey dude, listening to the latest episode of podcast starter thought I'd give you a pro tip I heard on podcast answer, man, get the plugin called pretty link. It, It might have an S on the end of it. Um, it does instant redirecting to any page you want as you set it up. For example, instead of telling people to go to your website and click on a banner." Uh, You can make the URL podcaststarter.com slash Bluehost and to redirect it to your affiliate link. Shazam, done. It's pretty snazzy. Maybe your listeners would appreciate the tip as well. Love the show. Zach sent from his iPhone. Yeah, I checked that out and um, there's a light version and then there's a pay version. I haven't updated. I haven't downloaded it yet. I can't get over the fact that I'm probably going to want the pay version and I don't even know how much it costs yet. But I will be checking that out, Zach, and I appreciate it. Um, let's see here. This one says, Oh man, lots of recording tips from Robert at it's just uscast.com. You might want to check out their couple cat, couples cast that they do. Let me read a little bit of this. Um, I've been podcasting for a year now and I'm enjoying hearing how you podcast. I have followed your shows from the beginning. I've seen the transition from the basement recording studio to the studio you have now. Uh, when I first got started, I heard your how I, I used your how I podcast articles on nlcast.com to learn the details of how to get started. Those articles, as well as emailing you and other podcasters, have made learning the learning curve so much smaller. Thank you for that. I learned some things on my own, though, and I'd like to share them with your listeners. This list concerns preparing your computer before recording. First, reboot your computer before loading your podcast uh, recording software, it frees up as much memory as possible. Good, good tip. Close all the programs that make noise or could potentially download and install updates. Man, that includes Adobe, uh, you know, reader and, and man, uh, you know, your instant messenger stuff, your antivirus, man, antivirus will jack you up. Even windows will try to download some stinking updates and try to reboot your computer right in the middle of the show. And there's nothing more annoying in the world than putting reboot in 60 seconds or ignore, you know, um, iTunes, he says, uh, rem- you know, close that out unless you're using it to play your music and sound effects. If you do use iTunes, make a playlist for that show. Good, good tip there. I, I prefer using pod producer or, um, I've got another one. I will link to, uh, disable windows updates. Apps is stinking lootly tweet deck or other Twitter clients because they make noise. I've got all mine zeroed out, man. I took all my windows sounds out. Tweet deck doesn't make any sounds. None of these different things make noise. Uh, but yeah, I do suggest you close it down, especially um, if you're recording with your computer, which I don't do. Uh, close email clients such as Outlook because a new email can make noise. Also, turn off your cell phone. Hey, hey, hey. Load only the programs that you're going to use for the recording. Your show notes, uh, recording software, your audio cart programs, and and that would be like Pod Producer. If you have voicemail, run the voicemails through the cart program so that they're in the correct order for the show. Absolutely. And don't be above editing, uh, audio editing your voicemails for for, uh, volume and for content. You know, clip out some of the stuff at the end or the beginning if they're they're running too much. You don't have to play the whole thing. Test the audio clips relative volume so they all sound about the same. There you go. Um, Either use a free audio cart program or purchase one. Don't live with the nag ding that will show up on the recording. Yes, apps are stinking lately, um, but uh, Pod Producer is free. Uh, you can close. You need to close a Google window. It says even if you're not planning on using the internet, have a Google window. Oh, he wants you to open it. Have a Google window ready to use if you want to look something up quickly. Listeners don't want to hear you stumbling around while trying to load it. Well, preferably you want it up in real time. But yeah, if you if you have to. Um, you know I I prefer in having everything ready and if you have to you link to it in the show notes and send them to your website but but yeah I understand what you mean uh, arrange and resize program windows so you can see everything this gives you a complete view of everything so you don't have to search for the right page use the same place for the windows each time if you have multiple monitors use them yes I do I have 224s and I use every square inch of space on these things develop a routine and make it a habit you'll make less mistakes that way. Absolutely. I, we talked about doing segments in your shows last week. Um, and I didn't mention this, but always try to do your segments in the same order. Um, if you have show notes, that's going to help you. So he, he, and I definitely agree on that. And lastly, he says, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to lose a show. Maybe someday you'll have James and Jen on your show and you'll forget to hit record until you're 20 minutes into it. Get over it. And that's from Robert it's just us podcasts. It's just us cast.com. Yeah. Um, Jen and I, my wife, uh, used to do a show called geek loves nerd. And we now do a show called explicit answers at explicit And we, we were invited on their show and bless his heart. He was 20 minutes in things were going really great. And he's like, guys, I forgot. I got nervous and I didn't hit record. Um, yeah. And that's the main reason I don't record to the computer is there were too many times that I got the blue screen of death or the electricity flickered for just a second and your audio is gone. So I prefer recording to an external handheld recorder. I use a Zoom Handy Recorder H2. I got it at at Best Buy. It's probably not the best one out there, but it does an excellent job. And um, it's battery-powered as well as uh, you can plug it in the wall. So even if the stinking world shuts down around me and, and the, the the electricity goes away, I don't lose anything. It records to an SD card. Uh, it's awesome. So anyway, thank you, Robert. I appreciate it, man. Keep those tips coming, especially if you're a seasoned podcaster and you've got something to share. Let this place be your voice. Um, Robert also had some ideas, so I'll just read them out here. I'm sure you have some of these on your list, but in case you don't, I wish I'd known these before I got started. How do you list yourself in directories? How many and which ones? Uh, What's the difference between a directory list and a network? And should you join a network as a podcaster? And is it wrong to belong to more than one network? Those are some questions I'd love to answer in future shows. So I'm going to star that and keep that in my unused list. Um, So anyway, that I think is going to wrap us up for this week. I'm going to look and make sure. Let me just tell you real quick that next week we're going to be talking about getting your show online how to get that mp3 file up and distribute it so people can listen to it we're going to take the mystery out of it i'd love to get your questions your content and answer your uh you know issues so please send me an email this week podcast starter at gmail.com i'm sorry podcast starter at nlcast.com or call me 2095 nlcast 2095 nlcast look us up on twitter twitter.com slash nlcast and look up all the other great shows that are going on At nlcast.com. Remember, check out, uh, stay tuned for uh, the professor's uh, tips on recording with handheld devices. See you guys next week.
1: Hello there, everyone. My name is Chris Rinshaw, and welcome to the first episode of Gappleberry. Uh, I asked James if I could uh, contribute to his show by uh, talking to you guys about the different ways that you can improve your podcast through mobile phones and uh, other such devices, because I figured in this day and age of smartphones and tablet computers, it would be wrong to overlook the potential impact to any sort of podcaster. Um, not show, not only should you understand how your phone can help you, but you should know how these devices impact your listeners as well. To start things off, I thought we'd go over the three major phone platforms that are out there and how listeners are using these phones to consume your podcasts uh, because nowadays many people are using their phones to listen to your pod to listen to podcasts in general and by knowing how they listen to um, podcast, you can know how to market your podcast to those people. Um, we'll start things off with uh, kind of the one that usually is on everyone's mind, which is the iOS devices. I'm talking about the iPhone, the iPod, and the iPad. Um, there are, I know there are a lot of different apps to download podcasts f- using these devices, but the most popular way to doing so is still through the iTunes Store. Therefore, you should make sure that within the first couple of episodes of your podcast that you add your podcast into that directory. Some people do it as soon as their first episode goes around. Some people wait. I know I think James has said before that he tends to wait after a couple episodes before putting it out of the either tactic is fine. Do whatever you feel more comfortable with. But in order to do this, you have to download iTunes first onto your computer. Then you need to open up iTunes and select the iTunes Store from the left-hand column. Uh, Once you go into the iTunes Store, there will be a section at the top with different uh, music, TV shows. There's a button for podcasts. When you click on that, on the right-hand side, there will be a column that says Podcast Quick Links. Um, And in that little box, there should be something that says Submit a Podcast. Um, so what you need to do is you'll click through there, fill out the information, give them your uh, RSS feed, uh, and then hit submit. Now, keep in mind, you're going to have to have an iTunes account in order to be able to, pod, to publish a feed into the iTunes directory. Um, so you'll need to keep that in mind and sign up for something there with your email address and everything. Um, but once you submit a podcast, Apple has to go through and approve it before it'll show up in the store and this process, it's not really well defined. They usually say it takes about a week, but it can take a couple of days. It it, it really varies, but Apple will send you an email that you sent that when you signed up for your Apple account, whatever email that you signed up for, they'll send uh, an email to that address letting you know, Hey, your show's approved. Um, so that way you'll know that at that point you can start letting people know that they, uh, they can look up your show now in the iTunes directories. So that's all I've got for uh, this week. And so stay tuned for the next segment, which should come out in about two weeks, where I'll start talking about the other platforms, which I believe the next one will be Android. And then two weeks after that, I'll follow, finish up with BlackBerry users In the meantime, feel free to check out my shows at 1.21studios.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash ChrisTheProf. If you have any questions or comments on this segment or anything I've said, uh, you can email me at theprofessor at 1P-O-I-N-T 21studios.com. Thanks, you guys, for listening.